Good morning. Good to see all of you this morning. I'm just looking around. If you have come here this morning and you are growing weary, maybe you're wounded, maybe you're a little discouraged and despondent, going through some despair, maybe you're just a little beat up, a little beat down, then you've come to the right place. Because God wants to encourage us today by being here, by being a part of what we've already experienced here today, and then moving into His Word this morning. So if you have your Bibles and want to follow along, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 12, the first three verses this morning. And while you're finding that, I wanted to share some words that God spoke through the prophet Isaiah to his people. God said this, I am the high and exalted one who rules forever, whose name is holy, and I dwell in a high and exalted place. But I also dwell with the discouraged and depressed in order to cheer up the depressed and to encourage the discouraged. Wow. What words from God. God said, yes, this is who I am and this is where I dwell. But I am not so great and so big and so out there and so removed that I am not willing to come down and bend down and kneel down and stoop down in order to encourage and cheer up those who are going through it. Knowing the character of God... I believe that's one of the things that led our author today to pen these couple of verses at the very beginning of chapter 12. Because at the very end of verse 3, you will notice that he sort of gives us his reasoning for writing these couple of verses. And it is so that we may not grow weary in our souls and give up. So that we might not become so discouraged and despondent. So weak, if you will, and lose strength within. So beaten up and so beaten down that we get to a place in our life where we give up. Where we literally surrender. Where we say, we're done, that's it. And whether that's surrendering to our circumstances or to whatever, you know, we're struggling with, whatever pressures and and problems and things are in our life, We, as followers of Jesus Christ, have two and only two choices. We can either endure or we can give up. And God says to us throughout His Word, don't choose giving up. Always choose to endure with me. I mean, you think about Verses like Galatians 6, 9. 
Do not grow weary in doing good, for in due season you will reap if you do not faint. Jesus said at the beginning of Luke chapter 18 that we always ought to pray and not ever lose heart or give up. The Bible tells us again through the prophet Isaiah that God is a God who gives strength to those who are weary and worn out. To those who lack power, the prophet says he gives us renewed energy. God is a God who can revive and refresh and renew and restore us, especially when we are down. And make no mistake about it, no matter who we are, no matter how strong our faith is, no matter how long we walk with the Lord and all of that, we will go through times where we are down. If we're not willing to admit that, then we're just simply not being honest with ourselves and we are deceiving ourselves. God understands that. But the Word of God also tells us that our God is a God who, again, will cheer up the depressed and encourage the discouraged. In the book of Romans, chapter 15, Paul writes that our God is literally the God of endurance and encouragement. He can enable us to endure. Which is why then... In the very first verse of chapter 12, we see there this great exhortation to persevere or endure. At the very end of verse 1, he says, So let us run with endurance the race that is set out for us. Not give up, but endure. Because that's the only two choices that we have as human beings. We're either going to give up or give in to things, or we are going to learn to endure them. And here's the other thing. You and I only learn to endure and grow in our endurance by enduring. Not by running away. Not by not facing whatever we have to face or deal with. Not by giving up or giving in. And yet so many people today, especially a lot of Christians or those who profess to be followers of Christ, never really learn to endure by enduring. They, when they come up against something, whatever that is, after a while they just cut and run. They give up. And you and I know that even in our life, We will never build endurance by running away from things, but only by learning to press through those walls. I mean, think of a marathon. That's what the author of Hebrews is reminding us, that as a Christian, we are not running a sprint. We are running a marathon. That's why we need endurance. And so obviously, if you're a runner, and you run sprints rather than a marathon, you approach that race from a totally different mindset and perspective. But if you are a marathon runner, then obviously you're not trying to run that marathon like a sprinter. If you do, you're going to burn out real quick. And that's the way a lot of Christians are. They never learn to sort of pace themselves in their life. 
They never learned to build into their life sort of this rhythm with God and with others in order to enable them to endure and go the long haul. In our day and age especially, there's just a lot of people who live sort of the rocket ship, you know, burst off, fire up, real bright for a while, but then burn out really fast too. Because that's the way our society is built right now. It's not building people for the long haul and for the marathons of life and for the endurance of life. We are building people literally by the way our society works and our culture is now sort of designed to just build people for short little sprints. And yet the Word of God says that my followers need to learn endurance, perseverance. Again, you see this throughout the Bible. I mean, in chapter 10, verse 36 of the book of Hebrews, he tells us there, we need endurance in order to do God's will and receive what he has promised us. Hebrews 10, 36. Endurance. And when you talk about even Combining this thought of endurance with those who are growing weary and losing heart and being discouraged. Jesus even said, come to me if you're weary. In fact, we'll get to that verse in just a moment. Endurance. Paul told young Timothy in the book of 2 Timothy, learn to endure the hard things as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. The hard things. Endure them. You see. There is this great exhortation throughout the Bible. To persevere. And to endure. To understand that our life with Christ is not a sprint. It is a marathon. We must learn Endurance. We must grow in our endurance. And that's part of what was playing here with these recipients of this letter was part of the reason why they were growing weary and maybe becoming discouraged or getting beat down or beaten up and all of that, even with all that was going on, was because somehow they had maybe thought that this life with Christ was going to be a sprint. And he's trying to say, we've got to readjust our perspective and our mindset of how we approach life. And we've got to build into our life a pace that will enable us to go the long haul. We've got to build a rhythm into our life like that long distance runner who is going to come up against walls. Who's going to come up against pain thresholds. And who has to learn to push through those pain thresholds or else they never finish the marathon. There's no marathoner ever in history who has claimed that they were able to run their marathons in life and never come up against times where they felt like, I gotta quit. I can't even feel my legs or arms anymore. I'm exhausted. I'm in terrible pain. My legs are cramping. The only way they got to the end was by learning endurance by enduring. 
by pushing through. And that's what the author is saying. You and I only have two choices. Either we choose to give up and surrender, or we learn and choose endurance. God, whatever is in front of me, I'm going to move forward always with full effort and directed purpose, never giving up, never giving in to whatever is in my path and whatever is standing in my way. That will be my choice as a follower of Jesus Christ. That's running the race with endurance. But there's something else in this passage. There's not only a great exhortation to persevere or endure, there are warnings about hindrances. You'll notice the first one there in verse 1 of chapter 12 is to get rid of the weight. Those unnecessary loads or burdens that will weigh us down and prevent us from running our marathon that is set before us. In fact, I don't know how many of you have ever you know, researched this or knew this, but way back, and obviously you couldn't do this today, it would be obviously very inappropriate, but in the beginning of the Olympic Games, most of the runners ran naked. They literally said, I'm not going to allow anything on my body that's going to add any extra weight. Oh, we know even today. I mean, take swimmers. Most of them, if not all of them, shave their body, try to prevent any kind of resistance in the water so that they can go as fast as they can. That's, again, the mindset he's saying, look... Some of you are having a hard time running right now because you're carrying around loads and weights that God never meant for you to carry. And somewhere along the line, as you've run this race, you have picked up unnecessary loads and burdens and weights and you have put them on your back and they are weighing you down. And as you've heard me say before, anytime you and I, even as a follower of Jesus Christ, begin to pick up loads and weights and burdens and place them into our life over the long haul, they will break us down spiritually, emotionally, and physically. We will not be able to endure because of the extra weights in our life. That's why, through again, throughout the Bible, the Bible says things like this. Psalm 55, 22. Throw your burden over on the Lord and He'll sustain you. God says, don't carry that around any longer. You won't be able to endure. Throw it over on me. 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your care upon Him because He cares for you. Literally both verses say that sometimes in our life as Christians, we are carrying around weights, loads, and burdens that God never meant for us to carry, never designed us to carry, we shouldn't be carrying. And He's saying to us, get rid of that extra weight. Let me be the burden bearer. Let me not only bear your sin on that cross, let me bear all this other stuff for you. Let me carry it for you instead of you trying to carry it around. And again, isn't that what Jesus said in Matthew 11? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I'll give you rest. Because my yoke is easy to bear and my load is not hard to carry. Today, some of you 
before you leave this place today, you need to lay something aside and lay it down. You need to throw that over on God. You need to cast that care upon Him because you've been carrying whatever that is for whatever reason you have and it's been totally unnecessary. You shouldn't be carrying it and it's wearing on you. And God says, give that to me. Let the high and exalted one, let me come down and take that for you. My shoulders are big enough. Yours aren't. And then another warning here is to get rid of the sin that clings so closely to us. I want you to think about the word distraction because that's really the essence of this Greek term here. He's saying, get rid of the things in your life that so easily and so quickly distract us and hinder and hamper our progress spiritually. Because again, we will never endure in this long distance marathon of life if we keep getting distracted from what is going to help us, grow us, mature us, and progress us along. And boy, do Christians need to hear that today. I mean, obviously, that message for the whole world, because we are, again, so easily distracted today. We are definitely the squirrel. I mean, that, that's, that's humanity today. It's like we can't stay focused too long before something just distracts us. And there we go. And with that goes our progress. Because the only way, again, that you and I will ever see significant progress in our spiritual walk with God is if we learn to stick to something long enough in order for it to benefit us. As I've said before, and even when I was writing my devotional on discipleship, God continually reminded me it is the cumulative effect over the long haul that makes the difference in our life. It, again, is those spiritual disciplines of day in, day out, doing the little things that we need to do. Well, the only way we, in a sense, get to that place is by not always being distracted by things that really are not going to benefit us spiritually like these other things. And we've got to learn to say, nope, not going to be distracted. Sticking with right here. So God is saying to us today, Get rid of that weight, that load, that burden that is weighing on you and wearing you out and weighing you down. And with my help, get rid of those distractions in your life. And then he ties it in, in a moment, to the focus on our encouragements. Because he leaves speaking about the hindrances. And now he wants to come along and talk about the positive encouragements that we see here in these three verses. And the very first one I want you to notice is back up in verse 1, where he begins by saying, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Well, in the context, you'll notice that he's just 
pen this great chapter, Hebrews 11, reminding us of all these heroes of faith, all these people of God, who the only way they accomplished what they did for God and in their life was because they endured, not because they ever gave up. And so the first application of this phrase is that he's pointing us back to this very reliable historical record that he wrote down in Hebrews 11. And he's saying, Christian, if you need some encouragement, always go back to all these people sprinkled throughout the word of God who did what they did. And they were human beings just like you. They struggled with the same things you and I struggle with, but they endured. And if they can do it, you can do it too. But there's another application here. He's not just pointing us back to that historical record that he wrote down in Hebrews chapter 11. He's also reminding us that even right around us now, if we are willing to look around and look up, there are a great cloud of witnesses around us right now. People who, again, in a sense, are there to encourage and testify to the fact that even as human beings, we can endure. And God has placed some of them even within our own church family. People who are enduring or who have endured and they are there to say to us, if I can do it, you can do it too. Not because I'm some great strong person or there's anything special about me, but just because I have learned to get rid of the weights and not be distracted and to take and receive the encouragement and the endurance that only God can give me. If somebody would have told me seven and a half years ago all that I as a pastor was going to have to endure to see the church get to a certain place, I'd have been like, no, I'm definitely not starting a church. Because I I just, my own personal, I feel like even after seven and a half years, we're just getting started. We're just getting started. There's so much that as far as sort of the spiritual infrastructure and foundation of our church that still needs to be laid. And can I say that's that's one of why it's, it's so dangerous for many churches today again that sort of comes in and, and doesn't take the time to, to lay that solid foundation and that infrastructure, especially through focusing on worship and the word like we do here at the Oasis, who then all of a sudden explodes and gathers all these people in, but they have nothing long term to sustain that growth and to support their, their people in their own spiritual growth. They don't have it. The only way you and I get that individually as Christians and the only way churches get that is by just enduring and going through those painful walls that are going to come in our run, our marathon. Building a church is a marathon. And many of you, you've been in this marathon with me for almost seven and a half years now. Can I tell you, we're just about getting started off the finish line or off the the starting line. We got a long way to go. So we better pace ourselves and get into our rhythm and heed what God is telling us here. There's always going to be a great 
cloud of witnesses around us. Whether we want to look to the Word, whether we want to look around at our life, there will always be those faithful, that faithful remnant of God who is hanging in there, who is sticking with it, who is sticking by it, who's not going to run away, who's not going to give in or give up no matter what. It's a kind of spiritual tenacity, if you will, that God wants to build into each of us and to every local church that exists under His name. But the greatest encouragement in this passage of Scripture, beyond the exhortation to persevere and endure and beyond the warning of all the hindrances, and even the focus on the first encouragement was the great cloud of witnesses, the greatest encouragement for you and I, and this is why he spends the most time in this passage of Scripture on this, is Jesus Christ himself. Because do you notice, first of all, what he says in verse 2? He says, keep your eyes Fixed on Jesus. The words in the original literally mean looking away from all else and focusing and staying focused on Jesus Christ. Wow. That's a full-time job right there, right? Staying focused on Jesus. Because again, tying it back into what he's already said, we get so distracted. It's part of the reason why God calls his people to come together on a regular basis. Because it's sort of a way for us to go, reset, had a bad week, lost my focus, (laughs) stopped focusing on Jesus. God help me to refocus. I'm coming back to my people and to my God and we're going to refocus today. That's part of what worship in the Word and every local church around the world should be doing for all of us. Because we will lose our focus. But we need to learn to stay as focused as as possible on Jesus. Because then he goes on to say, here's why. Jesus endured... He endured the cross. He despised its shame. Because it was for the joy that was set before him. See, Jesus said, look, I know I'm going through a rough season right now, but I'm never going to let what what I'm going through temporarily to, to cause me to lose my focus of what my eternal destiny is which Jesus knew is to go back to the Father and be glorified and elevated once again. He was able to look past his present pain, his present trials, this present season of suffering and all of that because he knew what was coming and he knew that the best was yet to come for him. That he would be going back And taking his seat, the Bible says, at the right hand of the throne of God. That place of preeminence and authority and power in the universe once again. So he endured. And then the author says, besides staying focused on Jesus, verse 3, he tells us, think of him who endured. It literally means to repeatedly and continually ponder and reflect upon Jesus. Let me ask you a question. And this may be a pretty convicting question. How often throughout your day as a follower of Jesus Christ do you think about Jesus? 
I didn't really think about him. And then specifically in this context, to think about his endurance. And here's why that should be such an encouragement for us. Because he goes on to say in verse 3, he endured such an opposition of sinners against himself. You say, why should Jesus' endurance be such an encouragement for me to endure as I think about him and as I stay focused on him? Because everything that Jesus endured was absolutely unnecessary for him. He didn't have to endure anything. He did it out of his great love for you and I. Where many times the things that we endure, we endure them because of our own bad choices, our own bad decisions. We've got to learn lessons. We've got to grow. uh, We've got to be stretched. We've got to get stronger. We've got to build endurance. There are a lot of good reasons why we may have to be called on to endure things. And yeah, there's even times where we are called to endure things that are not our fault. We're, we're, we're totally out of our control and all of that. And that's what the author is saying here. You realize that compared to Jesus, everything that he endured was totally unnecessary for him. And every opposition that he endured, every force that came against him, every struggle, uh, every enemy of his and all of that, they were all inferior to him. He was greater than all of them, and yet he endured it. At any time, Jesus could have said, I'm done. I'm not putting up with Satan. I'm not going to go through that temptation. But he did. I'm not going to put up with these Pharisees and Sadducees and all these religious leaders of Israel coming against me. I'm God. I'm just going to get rid of them and remove them. No. Many times the things that you and I are called to endure are totally out of our control. Yet everything that Jesus endured was totally within his control and was inferior to him. He could have removed them all. He could have said no to them all and been perfectly justified. But he hung in there and put up with every last thing and faced every bit of the opposition and and all of that against himself. Even though he didn't have to. And the author is saying, if Jesus was willing to go through all that, even though it was totally unnecessary for him, even though everything that he faced was totally inferior to his own power, if he did that out of his great love for us, and he calls us then as his followers to endure the things that we are to endure in this life, How can we say to Jesus, well, Jesus, you never had to endure anything. You never had to go through something that was totally unnecessary and undeserved. I don't deserve this, God. Jesus would say, yeah, uh, tell me about it. I didn't deserve to be nailed to that cross. I didn't deserve that crown of thorns. I didn't deserve to get beat up and rejected and mocked and insulted. I'm the son of God. I created these people who are mocking me. I could have removed them at any time. I could have destroyed them right there. I could have annihilated them. But Jesus endured it all. And he's saying to us today, I am the God of all encouragement and all endurance. And anything that I ask of you to endure or anything that life asks you to endure, 
I can enable you to do it. Because the author earlier on in verse 2 says that Jesus Christ is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. It means that Jesus Christ has blazed the trail, setting in a sense, if you will, down the path or the footsteps that we are to follow. And as our perfecter, he can enable us to finish well and to endure this marathon race that we are in and never get to the place where we choose to give up or give in. Again, the author says at the end of verse 3, I am writing these words to you. This great exhortation to persevere and endure. These warnings about hindrances and the focus on these encouragements we have as followers of Jesus Christ. So that you will not grow weary in your soul and give up. God gets it. God understands that there are times in our life where we are weary. We have been dealing with something for a long time and it's wearing on us. We can get discouraged. We can be wounded. We can be beaten up and beaten down by the world. But God says, whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, I am the high and exalted one. The one who will rule forever. The one whose name is holy. And I dwell in a high and exalted place. But I also dwell with the depressed and discouraged. To cheer up the depressed. And to encourage the discouraged. If you've come here this morning and that's where you are, will you receive the encouragement and endurance that God wants to give you this morning? Let's stand, please, and close in prayer. With every head bowed, every eye closed, only our worship team moving to come and take their places on this stage this morning. I want to remind all of us of something. And that is that our time with God, even on Sunday, through our worship time, through our time in the Word, is not just a time to give to God, but it's a time to receive from God. And right now, in these next few moments that we have together this morning, before we end our time together one for one more week, God wants you and I to receive from Him. That even in the singing and praising and declaring of these last words, this is a time for us to receive from the God of encouragement, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our trials and tribulations. And so I'm asking you today, before we sing this song, would you let God comfort you today? Would you let him encourage you? Would you let him build that endurance in your life? Maybe when you came here today, 
you were on the brink of giving up, throwing in the towel, surrendering to something or someone in your life other than God. And God says, no, don't do it. Don't make that choice. Choose to endure. Choose to lay aside those weights that are weighing you down that I never meant for you to carry. Get rid of those distractions in your life so that you can truly make spiritual progress. And be encouraged by the great cloud of witnesses throughout history and even now in your life. But most of all, be encouraged by Jesus himself. Think of him. Stay focused on him. Keep your eyes fixed on him today. God, I believe that some people here today need to truly receive your encouragement. Whether it's as they stay in their seat or whether as they come forward. God, would you minister to your people as only you, the great shepherd, can. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.